This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. In the shotgun, Carr's going to throw, pumps, looks end zone, throws for the end zone, wide open! James Young! I only play the slots because you know what they say scared money don't make money and I got scared money Rodgers to the end zone caught for the touchdown James Jones John Gruden has not coached since 2008 so what makes you believe that he is the guy to take this franchise to the next level you know and it's just Cali swag Happy Victory Monday, y'all. You are listening to Keeping It 300, a Raiders podcast brought to you by Blue Wire and our sponsors at Untuck It and Axios.com. I'm Fallon Smith. James Jones is on the other side of the mic. You working this Monday, JJ? I am working this Monday night. These Giants and Cowboys game, I'm working. So, so in tune LA. in the NFL Network if you want to see your boy on TV. Yes, I'm in L.A. on the room phone. You know what I'm saying? Uh, getting the, the podcast. <laughs> yeah, getting the podcast done on the phone. It's okay. Please stop moving that cord, though. That would be great. Um, anyways. Man, that's the phone. That's the squeaky phone, man. You know, everybody ain't blessed to be in 10-star hotels. You know what I'm saying? Goodbye. You are Tell the people, you are at the Intercontinental. Be quiet. Uh, it's a nice hotel. Hater. Well, I know you were working yesterday, uh, tracking all the afternoon games. Sorry about your Packers losing to the Chargers. All good. I called it. I called it. I called it anyway. No, you didn't. You had them going undefeated. Oh, I actually did not. It was last year I had them going undefeated, but this year I actually had the schedule. I have them going 13-3, and three, and I'm actually right on. At this point in the season, I have the Packers at 7-2, and two, and I had them losing to the Chargers, Filthy Rivers. Oh, then who did you have them losing to their first I loss? had them losing. The first, one, first loss I had them losing to was the Cowboys. Okay, so you so got that. I missed, they lost to the Eagles and then beat the Cowboys, and then I had them losing to the Chargers. But I had them at 7-2 and two at this point. You know what I mean? So I'm something okay. like a smart man. Well, I was actually pissed, though, because as a Raiders fan, you obviously want all the other AFC West teams to lose. So your Packers didn't do us any favors, man. And we have to play the Chargers on a short week. Thursday night football. Gosh yep, darn it. All right. Got to handle it their own way, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, we'll get to that later in the show when we wrap things up. But uh, first, I got to start with some news and notes. During John Gruden's uh, weekly presser, was actually just an hour or so ago, we had some bad news come out of it. Uh, The Raiders fear that Arden Key has a broken foot. They're waiting on final evaluation there. Uh, Trent Brown is getting an MRI on his knee. Daryl Worley has a strained Achilles, uh, but the Raiders are optimistic he's going to get an MRI as well. Gruden said that he doesn't know much about Rodney Hudson's status. That's still a big question mark. And uh, rookie corner Isaiah Johnson uh, was activated off IR and in a corresponding move, linebacker Brandon Marshall was released. So his... uh, 
his stay was short-lived. Uh, maybe if Key is moved to IR, uh, maybe they'll re-sign Marshall. I'm not sure, but we'll see. Also, according to reports, the Raiders worked out safety DJ Swearinger. Um, obviously, they need all the help they can get with their pass D. I was just in the gym in Arizona working out with DJ Swearinger, man. Oh, you were? He's good physical safety. Yeah. You think they can use him? I mean, I think they, they they can use all the help they can get right now, to be honest. Well, he, remi- he reminds me of the first rounder that got hurt, you know, just not as fast. Oh, Jonathan Abram? He's a very phys- yeah. Yeah, he reminds me of Jonathan Abram, but he's just not as fast, but he's still explosive and a very physical safety that'll come down and hit you and very good very good ball skills and awareness. So I think he'll be a good addition if he tested well. He's been in there working out grinding, so I'm sure he probably probably tested pretty good. But Fallon, what? you started the show off with all that stuff. Yeah. I want to start the show off like this, what? okay? What's some positive? And I want to let all the Raider fans know. Okay. Okay. I don't want to hear anything else about Derek Carr. I don't care if he goes out there and he throws 39 interceptions in one game. Okay, James. You guys are witnessing. No, no, listen to this. Raider Nation is witnessing a special passer at the quarterback position. Yes. If you look around the league and you see all these teams that are struggling at the quarterback position – it is a sad sight to watch, even as fans. Yes. I want to let the fans know you are watching a special talent, special passer at quarterback. Some of these throws that he made in the game, just simple flick of the wrist that looks like any quarterback can make and any quarterback cannot make these throws. Special quarterbacks can make these throws. That's what Derek Carr was showing you yesterday and the week before that. I don't want to hear anything else about Derek Carr leaving, Raider Nation want to trade him, any of that, because you guys are witnessing a special passer at the quarterback, and Raider Nation has been through a bunch of terrible quarterback so embrace this one okay enjoy his craft on the football field because what he is giving you and what you're being able to see is very very special and do not take that for granted and I just want to let y'all know that before we even get to talking about the game well we're gonna get to that that was actually the next thing on the docket to be honest with you but you want to control the show and that's all good I understand your passion because absolutely because both... I don't know where you're going with it I need to let I need to let Raider Nation know they need to quit all that talk man yeah. because this dude can sling the ball well I was actually gonna go and start with that however there was some news and notes out of John Gruden's press conference so we gotta get that out of the way it's called you know having a rundown James you know, having a little outline and things. Nah, I ain't to... worried about the rundown. The rundown <laughs> is you need to know you got a special QB. That's the rundown. Okay, well, I'm gonna let you know about this rundown because coming up, we are going to talk about Derek Carr, but we have to, you know, real quick say yes. We didn't even say it. we said it was Victory Monday. Come on, the Raiders. They pulled this one out. They beat the Lions, 31-24 was the final. They obviously improved to four and four on the season. So. You know, the Raiders, they're 500 through the first half of the season. So, of course, Raider Nation will take it. I'll take it. And to Derek Carr, yes. He engineered the go-ahead drive, which ended up being the game-winning drive with two minutes to go uh, when he scrambled and hit Hunter Renfro for that touchdown. Uh, Then, obviously, as you saw, you know, it was that bend but don't break defense, and the defense came up with a huge stop when it mattered the most on fourth and goal at the one uh, to seal the game. So much to unpack here, but we are going to start with Derek Carr. You see, I was on the same page with you, but I just try to get those news and notes out the way. Now, in my opinion, this was hands down the best game 
of the season for Derek Carr. Uh, and as you mentioned, the throws that he made, I was like, yep, that's the that's the D.C. that we know. That's the D.C. that James and I talk about being a special quarterback, the D.C. that we have been defending on this podcast. And that one pass to Jalen Rashard in double coverage, that was so beautiful because I can't even lie to you. When the ball left Derek Carr's hands, James, I thought, especially because I saw the coverage, that it was going to be picked off. But he put it right in the picnic basket. Yep. It was one of the best throws that I've seen Carr make. And obviously he had several of those yesterday. Right in the bread basket, only where the running back could make a play on the ball. But that's just one of the throws that he made. But, yes, it was a special throw. Especially, you got to understand, when you're throwing to a running back, these balls have to be Perfect. on point yes because if they're not we know running backs nothing against running backs but we know running backs man they can't kind of torque their bodies and make some of these catches that these receivers can make so you got to make sure it's very easy for them riding the bread basket so they could get their hands on it and it was a special throw but I don't know if I agree with you if it's his best game because I think the Texans game he was he balled out you know what I mean if Tyrell comes out with some of them some of them catches that game was special but he's been playing lights out all season long Long, but it's just that some of the people want to dwell on some of the plays he wasn't making. But he came out against Detroit, and we knew that Matthew Stafford was going to throw the ball and they was going to put up some points. So the Raiders' offense had to come out and put up some points and go and go right to toe to toe with him. And I'm, I'm proud of uh, the way the Raiders' offense looked. They bounced back and uh, made the plays that was there and had to be made. Yeah, and the other two throws that are, were really impressive: the one to Tyrell Williams on third and long, and then that one to Marcel Aitman uh, for 34 yards. I mean. Honestly, he made some perfect throws. I mean, he was dropping dimes, okay? And what I'm trying to tell people is it's just a flick of the wrist. Like, when you see Derek Carr throw the football, you don't see a lot of effort into it. It don't really look like a lot of effort into it. And that's why I call him baby A-Rod. When you see A-Rod throw the ball, it's not like, oh, my goodness, he threw that thing super hard. Yeah. Like, look at – no, it's just a flick of the wrist. And it's still coming with a lot of velocity. And that's what D.C. showed, man. He was standing in there, and it was just, whoa, flick of the wrist, whoa, flick of the wrist, whoa, flick of the wrist. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, this boy good. He could throw. I've been saying it, but the world the world need to know it. But D.C., D.C. special, man. I mean, he went to toe-to-toe with another special passer, too, man. But I'm proud of the Raiders' defense, too, because, you know, they got after Matthew Stafford, caused some turnovers. It was good. Yeah. Well, the one thing that I will say about Derek Carr and that you saw yesterday was he was playing with a ton of confidence. And what I loved to hear after the game was Jalen Rashard. I don't know if you heard this, but he told reporters that he saw it in Derek's eyes when the team really needed it. You looked at Derek, he said, and you could see greatness coming. And you've been in a few huddles, James, with some great quarterbacks, okay? And you could tell Mm -hmm. when your quarterback is about to give you a chance to win the game, right? Absolutely. And and, and playing with those great quarterbacks, like I tell people all the time, I've I've had the chance to play with Brett Favre and and A-Rod and D.C. And the biggest thing about playing with them, no matter what the situation is, when you come in the huddle and they say to play and you look at them, you always know that you got a chance to win this thing just because you got a certain guy back there throwing the ball. And that is why I'm telling Raider Nation, don't take this for granted because you guys are never out of football games mm-hmm. because you got a special guy back there throwing the ball. And as you can see, he's rubbing off on his teammates because they know how special he is. So they get in the huddle like, man, we're going to get this thing done just because the guy that's back here under center throwing the ball. And it gives the whole team confidence, not just the offense, but the defense as well, man. And, mm-hmm. you know, they playing well to be 500 right now. And, you know, the, the schedule they had, this is, this is good for the Raiders. So here's some stats to back up all that talk about Derek Carr, okay? Sunday, 
Carr engineered his 18th career game-winning drive. Okay, so Mr. Clutch. He was Mr. Clutch. And in the past five games, he's completed 69.7% of his passes for 1,285 yards with nine touchdowns, just one interception, and has a 112.4 passer rating. So this is the past five games. So obviously, I mean, he's had a great season, but specifically these last five games, Derek Carr has been balling for sure. Well, you know what? Uh, them is very good stats to back up the way he's been playing. But F the stats. <laughs> Look at the eyeball test, okay? okay. I'm telling you. Look at the eyeball test, man. The kid is special. You know what I'm saying? Raider Nation, when you go to the Coliseum and you see number four trot out there, he should get the biggest roar because he <laughs> is special, okay? I don't care about the stats. I don't care about none of that. You are seeing a special talent at quarterback. Just the flick of the wrist, getting these guys the football, man, and winning ball games man if you keep putting pieces around him the more special he is gonna be man so I ain't gonna be there but I want my TV to be rattling on Thursday night when number four trot out there on that football field because y'all yelling so loud man just because what he's doing for sure what I don't think is talked about enough actually though is what a luxury it is to have Jalen Richard and DeAndre Washington in that running back room because I know they're not the feature backs, right? And they've always played behind someone. And in the past, in the recent past, it's always been, you know, running back by committee when it comes to the Raiders. So now you have, you know, the feature back in Josh Jacobs, who is a beast. We'll get to him in a second. But it allows you to use Jalen and DeAndre in other ways. And what we saw yesterday was what they brought in the passing game. And, I mean, Jalen led the pass catchers with 56 yards, James, on three catches. I mean, he's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, when you really look at it from top to bottom, man, those three, I don't know if it's three running backs in another running back room around the whole NFL that that's better than those three, to be honest with you, man. Mm-hmm. You're talking about guys that not only can, can catch the ball out the backfield, but all three of them can run it in between the tackles, yeah. too. Yeah. But, yes, you're talking about Washington and you're talking about Rashard. You get them out there on linebackers, man, they, they can do some damage, man. And I would love to see them on the field together sometimes you know what I mean I would love to see Char lined up at at wide receiver to get a linebacker on him and you have Josh Jacobs in the backfield to kind of get six man in the box so now you can run it and you can throw it and you know uh, Jalen Rashard is one of those guys or even if you put Washington out there at at wide receiver that they can make some plays and you can still have Josh Jacobs in the backfield so Coach Gruden has some 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 personnel you know that he could really you know, put some different type looks out there for defenses to make it tough on them, man. So it's a good sighting that we were able to see them guys get involved in the pass game like that because now defensive coordinators is really going to have to game plan for them guys and be and have an answer to be able to stop that if they're in the game at the same time. Yeah, no doubt about that. And Josh Jacobs, obviously your workhorse yesterday at 120 yards on 28 carries and two touchdowns. And get this, James, not sure if you saw this. Out of the 28 carries on Sunday – not a single one went for a loss. Oh yeah. He he reminds me of he reminds me of Zeke uh when he runs the football and the main reason he reminds me for Zeke Zeke's Zeke's been in the league what's this going on 4 years? Yeah. And we we have never seen Zeke fall backwards. When Zeke runs the football, he always falls forward. Now, he may get some tackles for losses. Some people may, four, five dudes may get in the backfield. But he's going to fight, and he's always going to fall forward. You never see Josh Jacobs get hit and go backwards. 
Josh Jacobs is always getting hit and falling forward. He's always going to get you that extra yard, that extra tough yard, man. And as a young rookie running back and guys coming up to hit him, knowing that he's going to deliver the blow and fall forward, you're not going to want to hit him, especially late in the game, especially when it starts getting a little chilly and that little breeze come hitting off that off that, off that, that uh, Coliseum, man. It get real cold, so, <laughs> you know. Fourth quarter, it get breezy. You ain't going to want to keep running up on this kid hitting him because you know he's going to deliver the blow and fall forward. Yeah, and I think that you might actually retract the statement that you made um, a couple weeks ago about the Offensive Rookie of the Year because, in my opinion, there's no doubt that Josh Jacobs is the front runner right now. When you look back at who won last year and Saquon Barkley. Who did I say was Offensive Rookie of the Year? You said Daniel Jones. Oh, yeah, that's why That's why it's uh, any given Sunday, man. Oh, yeah, he he definitely ain't up there. Yeah, not at but all. But at the time I said it, Daniel Jones was balling, and he was a quarterback as a quarterback-driven league. But, but Saquon Barkley won it last right. year with an awful Giants team. Awful. Yeah, right Right now, I mean, shoot, he's he's definitely the front runner for offensive rookie of the year for sure. Yeah. I don't even know if there's anybody else that you could really put in that category with him, what he's delivering. I think they said on TV the other day, I mean, shoot, he's up there with Terrell Davis or, you know, a bunch of different Hall of Fame running backs mm-hmm. for multiple three, two touchdown games or something like that they were saying. So, I mean, that, that's big time, man, for a rookie. And, I mean, I'm telling you, man, you get all these the offensive line healthy, man, and the Raiders could could get this thing going. They're gonna be tough to tough to stop trying to stop this run game and Derek Carr. I think the only rookies that are really in the running, I would say, like a Garner Minshew, uh, Kyler Murray, and then uh, one of the defenders. I can't think of his name right now, but um, I'm sorry, it's it's Josh Jacobs all the way. I think someone took a poll. It might have been ESPN. Sorry, not giving love to your network, but they had a poll today, and I actually voted on it for Josh Jacobs when they were voting for uh, Offensive Rookie of the Year, and he had like 90% of the votes. So I was like, yeah. <laughs> he got 90% of the votes, as he should, because not only that, I mean, the Raiders are winning, too. That's the thing. Yep, they're in the thick of things, for sure. Gardner Minshew, if he was going to play the whole season, I would say I would say it probably would be out of him and um, out of him and Josh Jacobs, but I, I think uh, they're going to go with Nick Foles, so that's going to put him out of the running. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and then it's probably going to be a two-headed race with, with Kyler Murray and Josh Jacobs, depending on how Kyler Murray finishes the season. Now, before we get to the Raiders' defense, I'm going to continue on my positive patty time. Uh, every Raiders' touchdown yesterday was by a rookie. Yes. So Josh Jacobs, Hunter Renfro, Foster Moreau. Uh, that Renfro touchdown, the toe tap to make sure he was in. Oh, man, that was beautiful. Loved it. Josh Jacobs, we know he's a beast. And Foster Moreau, just one of the great three tight ends that the Raiders have on the roster. So I'm pretty excited about those guys' futures. I love it. Raider Nation should be pumped. Some other positive stats. Over the last six weeks, the Raiders lead the NFL in yards per play. 6.56 yards, right, per play. And rank fifth in points per drive, which is 2.44 points per drive. So that's some positive stats as well. Some not-so-positive stuff. Uh, The yards that the Raiders' defense has been giving up. We're going to discuss the Raiders' defense in just a second. But first, we have to take a quick break. So stay where you are. Hey, Blue Wire listeners. 
The holidays are almost here, and you know what that means. Gifts. Lots and lots of gifts and people to shop for. And what better gift to give the guy in your life than a stylish shirt that fits just right? Unlike most brands, Untuck It shirts are actually designed to be worn untucked. Yeah, Untuck It shirts always fall at just the right length, no matter his size. With more than 50 plus combinations, Untucked shirts look great on tall guys, short guys, slim guys, and athletic guys of all ages. Trust me, my husband has a hard time finding shirts that fit his really buff arms, yes I'm bragging, his really buff arms and slim waist, right? And then he discovered Untucked. Their shirts fit him perfectly, just like a glove. You can find your favorite Untuck It style online or check out one of their 80 brick and mortar stores. Choose from styles like wrinkle-free button downs, super soft flannels, outerwear, and more. With Untuck It, your shirts will never look baggy, bulgy, too long, or too big ever again. And their website is so easy to use. They even have a whole page devoted to helping you find your perfect fit. So whether you're shopping for the perfect holiday gift or just trying to craft a smart, relaxed style of your own, Untuck It is the way to go. So why don't you visit untuckit.com and use the promo code BLUE for 20% off at checkout. That's untuckit.com. You spell it U-N-T-U-C-K-I-T.com and use the promo code BLUE for 20% off. You won't regret it. Following a team you love in 2019 can be very time consuming. Trying to follow everything happening in sports is almost impossible. And let's be honest, ain't nobody got time to scroll through every app and visit every website on a daily basis, right? So that's why I subscribe to Axios Sports. It's the best free daily newsletter in the land. Now, Axios Sports is a modern sports page delivered directly to your email box. When you sign up for free at sports.axios.com, which is A-X-I-O-S.com, so sports.axios.com, you'll get the best stories from the NBA and NFL to cricket and ping pong and everything in between. Not only will you be all caught up with sports news, you'll be the friend sharing an amazing link with your buddies. So why don't you join the 100,000 sports fans who already get caught up on the day before it even begins? And best of all, there's no paywall, no subscription fee, nothing. This is free curated sports content delivered directly to you. So sign up for free at sports.axios.com. Again, that's sports.axios.com. All right, well, let's discuss this Raiders defense. We obviously are not concerned anymore with the Raiders offense. They're going to put up points. Um, The Raiders defense, though, especially in their past day, Lord. Uh, Sunday, they gave up 473 total yards. 383 of them were through the air. So they're past D having issues, having problems. And yes, those shot plays. Oh, we talked about them shot plays and big plays uh, to Marvin Jones Jr. and Kenny Galladay. I mean, those were backbreakers. And you had a lot of fans screaming at the TV, okay? Those two receivers alone, they combined for 258 yards. But, James, when it mattered the most, the defense made big plays. 
And that's when it matters the most, right? In critical situations, doesn't matter how many yards, how many points you gave up in the game. If you come through when it matters the most and you guys come up with the win, that's all that matters. So uh, Darrell Worley's interception in the end zone, that was huge. And it was beautiful. I didn't even think he had it in him. To be honest, that one, uh, one-handed grab, that was pretty awesome. And then, James, the game on the line, fourth and goal from the one, Carl Joseph breaks up Stafford's pass that was intended for Logan Thomas, their tight end. Carl Joseph, James, 5'9", 5'10", going up against Thomas, who was 6'6". He broke up the pass to end the game. And you know what the best part is? Not sure if you knew this, but Cleveland Farrell is the one who came with pressure on Matthew Stafford. So two guys who Raiders fans have been critical of came up when it mattered the most, showed up when the team needed them the most. Absolutely, and that's that's all that matters for that game. Because <laughs> <laughs> you, <were, laughs> you were able to win that game. So that's all that matters for that game. When you needed to make a play and the defense was on the field, you got a turnover and you got a turnover. Well, basically, yeah, a turnover on downs as well because you stopped them, you know, in the red zone from scoring a touchdown. Great pass breakup by Carl Joseph because that's a, that's a big boy at tight end that they threw the ball up to. It was one-on-one. He jumped up there and was able to bat that thing down and then it was just a special interception man I mean he reached back grabbed that thing with one hand was able to fall down inbounds and still make that pick out that, that was a big time play but my concerns everybody wants to get on and for me it's only one it's it's really one big one okay everybody wants to get on all the shot plays and the receivers open down the field I'm trying to tell you what's your concern if you cannot get pressure mm. It does not matter if you have Charles Woodson. It doesn't matter if you got Deion Sanders. It doesn't matter if you have Darrell Revis all on the same team. If the quarterback is sitting back there and he has all day to throw the football, I promise you people are going to come open. Mm. So I don't know if it's to bring some pressure, some more heat to get on the quarterback, because if you cannot get pressure, it's going to be a long day for the secondary. It's hard to hold up. Mm-hmm. So coming into this Thursday night, they have to, and if you watch Filthy Phillip Rivers against the Packers, he had time. Mm-hmm. That pass rush was not getting there. And he was killing the Packers defense with Hunter Henry, with Keenan Allen, mm-hmm. with Mike Williams. And I promise you, if you do not get pressure on a special quarterback, and Matthew Stafford is in that special quarterback category, and obviously so is filthy Phillip Rivers, it's going to be a long day. So the challenge for the Raiders is to get pressure on the quarterback, even if you got to bring an extra guy. you got to bring a guy, you know, to blitz to be able to get there. You know Filthy ain't mobile. Mm-hmm. Let's be able, let's try to bring some pressure to get the ball out of his hands fast to be able to help that secondary out. Because if you don't, it's going to be a long day. And I think back to last year when I look at the 49ers defense. They didn't have one interception in the secondary. They were getting carved up. But all of a sudden, they got Ford. They got Bosa. And now you're getting pressure on the quarterback. Richard Sherman looks all pro. All these other cornerbacks on their team look all pro. Because when you got to cover for two seconds, and I know this is a long answer, and I'm not letting <laughs> Fallon talk, but listen. 
if you have to cover for two to three seconds, you are going to be able to make plays in the in the back end. But if you got to cover for seven, it's going to be a very long day. Well, I'm glad that you gave that long answer because the whole time I was about to vomit because you started bringing up the 49ers. I mean, this is a Raiders podcast, and it really does make me want to throw up that the 49ers right now I'm just are trying the to break it. I'm undefeated. just trying to break it down for the fans, Fowler. Okay, but I want to ask you a serious question then because I don't think that the 49ers are for real, for real. The first half of their schedule was soft. Obviously, they're not the schedule makers. I yeah. get it. They did beat a couple good teams. But for the most part, the, now the, the quarterbacks that this defense is going to be facing the second half of their season, now these are elite quarterbacks that they're about to be facing. And the big test is going to come against Absolutely. Russell Wilson and the Seahawks coming up. Yeah, I'm, I'm, right. I'm right with you. So are they for real in your opinion? They're for real. They are for real. And I, and I'm just going. I don't I don't care about who they played, and I know they ain't played nobody. But the main reason why I say they're for real yeah. is because they're one of the only teams in the National Football League that can get pressure consistently with four people. <sighs> and how many men are on the football I field, know. Fallon? I know eleven people. So that means you can drop seven people in coverage. I know. Because you are getting consistent pressure From with four, four men. And it ain't consistent pressure with five se- It's consistent pressure, and you have three seconds to throw that football. And you can drop seven men. And when you can do that as a defense, man, that makes it hard on any offense, man. But, yes, they do have some special passers coming in that building and that people that they got to go play. They got to play dangerous. They got to play Aaron Rodgers. They got to play uh so I think they got to play Brees. Drew Brees. Yeah. I understand all that. But I promise you. Did you see, I don't know if you watched the Packers game, but Bosa and Ingram was after Aaron Rodgers and Aaron is one of the most special passers to ever do. I it. Know. But if you don't got time, it's going to be a long day. So in my opinion, they are I know. I hope they don't stay undefeated. Lord, they're not going to stay undefeated. But I really hope like they just crash and burn through the second half because I'm the biggest 49ers hater. Yeah, they're not going to stay undefeated. But anyways, the Raiders, pressure, filthy. I know you want to talk about, you know, their matchup coming up. But, James, I have to ask you about the final play of the game. Okay, the final play of the game Sunday. I almost went crazy because the Lions had no timeouts left and they were scrambling to get a final playoff. And I thought it was Gruden who called the timeout. But I guess today in his weekly press conference, he actually said it was a player, a secret player, (laughs) who called the timeout. Um, He wouldn't name the player, obviously, but said, I'll take credit for it since it worked. And yes, thank God it worked because I was like, oh, my God, are you really calling a timeout? Oh, my God, you just bailed them out. What are you doing? You know, maybe the defense was a little out of sorts. okay? but I think the Lions offense was also out of sorts. However, it all worked out because the good news is I think Matt Patricia overthought things because what did he do? He took out. Galladay and Marvin Jones Jr. to go jumbo. Your two best players were on the sideline when the game was on the line. Are you kidding me? But thank you, Matt Patricia. But thank wait, you very much. Alan, you're missing you you're missing the missing the most important thing. He took those guys out. He went jumbo to sell the run, and he passed it. <laughs> <laughs> Man, please listen here. You have two. I mean, this boy, Marvin Jones, didn't have four touchdowns in one game. Kenny Galladay has showed you that if the ball's in the air, he's something like Randy Moss. This is like having the ball at the one-yard line and not giving it to uh, Marshawn Lynch. And you're going to take him out of the game? Like, my, in my opinion, if you are going to run the football, put in Jumbo. 
Exactly. If you are going to pass the football, put your dogs out there, Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay. If you're going to go throw a jump ball, I'm throwing a jump ball on the corner with Kenny Galladay I mean, because I've seen the last two weeks of him go up and make special catches. So if I'm going to throw the ball up, I'm going to throw the ball up to one of those guys, man. And if, I have a, if I'm the coach on the sideline, I'm throwing it up to Galladay because the last two weeks he showed me tough catches, tough 50-50 balls are more like 90-10 when it comes mm-hmm. to him in the last yes, two weeks. Yes. And I'm going to give him a chance to go get that ball. But I did not understand that call right there to put in Jumbo and throw the ball. I mean, you're not going to trick anybody, especially after a timeout. I mean, you already know once you call a timeout, now you're going through every situation. You know, if it's a pass, I got him, you got him, boom. Other than that, you're not tricking nobody. And I actually think it ended up working out. I mean, clearly it ended up working out in Gruden's favor because I think Matt Patricia overthought things because Galladay and Marvin Jones were actually on the field before the Raiders called that timeout. So, and maybe now, and maybe now you need to give whatever player that was who called the timeout even more credit. I know. I wish I knew who it was to <laughs> be honest called, with you, God. Yeah, he called the. He, well, we just go. We just go say it was Carl Joseph since he made the play. <laughs> so he made two plays. Carl Joseph called the timeout. They got they got the big dogs off the field, and then he batted it down. I'm, I'm gonna ask him. I'm gonna ask him. But thank you, Matt Patricia, for overthinking things and being out coached because he actually really was at the end of the day. Um, now the reality is, James, uh, this is just the way. Raiders are going to have to win games this year, though. The offense is going to have to put up points and and pray the defense gets a couple turnovers, a couple stops, because we know they're going to give up a ton of yards and points. But if they can create turnovers, that's going to be the difference. And you're going to give your team a chance to win games uh, going forward. So I'm kind of just accepting that as the Raiders' way, which is fine, right? Do you think this this will work going forward if the offense still stays hot? Absolutely. Okay. So basically get a turnover or two, give up all the yards, make it a shootout? I said that's all you need to do is get a turnover, get it back to Derek Carr once or twice a game. Once or twice a game, get it back to Derek Carr, and he will make you happy. But you can't not come in the games and lose the turnover battle. You're going to lose every single game. Oh, yeah, you got to get sure. the ball back and give it to the offense. For sure. And But here's the thing, though. The offense – they're not going to be, you know, amazing every week, week in and week out. You got, you have some bad weeks. So <laughs> those bad weeks are going to turn into to losses because you don't think this defense is capable of, of stepping up? No, because I think Coach Gruden, like I said before, and I keep saying it every time I come on the podcast, the Raiders know who they are. It's not too many teams, even though it's week nine just passed and people have played eight, nine games. It's not too many teams that know exactly who they are. Mm-hmm. The Raiders do. Yeah. We are a run-first team. Even though we have a special quarterback, we are a run-first team. We have a big-time offensive line. We have a great young running back. we got two other running backs that can play the game at a high level and catch passes out the backfield. We are going to run this ball. We are going to try to control this game. We are going to try to eat some of this clock up. You know what I mean? Yep. And we're going to try to convert on third downs. And that is a great formula to have no matter who you are playing, especially when it starts to get late in the season and these games really mean something and you got to win games. And, you, I mean, if you keep these big-time quarterbacks, whoever you play, on the sideline because we're able to run the football and convert on third downs, that's, that's going to be huge. I mean, if you watch the Chargers game, Filthy Phillip Rivers and the Chargers had the ball for 35-plus minutes. You know what that means? Yeah. Aaron Rodgers is sitting on the bench exactly. getting cold and then comes in there and goes – 
in out, it's hard to get some mojo going. And the Raiders present that challenge to where it can be hard for opposing teams and quarterbacks to get that mojo going now mm-hmm. because they, they control the clock. Well, here's the thing. You know, the Chargers, unlike the Lions, have a balanced offense. You got Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler in the run game, right? And as you mentioned, you have Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, and Hunter Henry in the passing game. Obviously, the defense is going to have its hands full. So it's Thursday night football, huge divisional showdown at the Coliseum. Raiders are four and four. Chargers are four and five. But the Chargers could easily be six and three right now or seven and two. They've shot themselves in the foot this season. The Chargers have lost in ways that I didn't know were possible. <laughs> yeah, one game was a couple of missed field goals. And then the Tennessee game, they got stuffed five times in a row on the one-yard line. So that's that's two wins right now that could really easily change their season. But the Raiders know. Not only that, even I tell people all the time, and I even tell you, Fallon, what? division games, yeah. it doesn't matter what your record is. They are hard to win. Mm-hmm. There is no surprises coming. Both teams know each other very well. You play them twice a year. It is hard to win division games. So I don't care if the Chargers was coming in here one and eight. It don't matter. And the Raiders was eight and zero. Yeah. It don't matter. This is going to be a tough game. And the, and my keys to the game plan is you have to get pressure on Phillip Rivers. And you got to run the ball and keep filthy in that offense on the sideline. And obviously, you got to protect from Bosa and Ingram. Man, and honestly, the Chargers are, everybody thought, I mean, all the analysts thought coming in here that they had a chance to, Me, to win. Me, I thought. Okay, you thought as well that they had a chance to win this division, right, coming into the season? Absolutely. With all the pieces and all the players that they have over there I I was like man this team right here this division I was saying that this was one of the toughest divisions in football yeah I mean everybody thought that the Chargers were going to be you know one of the best teams uh, coming out of the AFC West for sure so this is going to be a challenge for the Raiders now um, both teams played Sunday afternoon I hate these Thursday games freaking hate them I feel like they should only be played after a bye week or something you know these suck so what is it like as a player playing on a short week? Because obviously you have zero time to recover. Well, I think it's a bonus, too, because, number one, I think it's a bonus because once you play on Thursday night, you basically get an extra bye week, you know, in the season because you play on Thursday night and then you don't play again for another week and a half. So your body's able to recover. You're able to get some guys back, you know, that didn't play, give them some more chance, more time to get healthy and all that type stuff. So it's a benefit. But I think coaches do a great job on these short weeks because you play on Sunday and then nine times out of ten it's all walkthroughs during the week. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Ice tub, jacuzzis, massages, and all that is is definitely guaranteed so you can bring your body back. But the best thing about it is you're not going to put the pads on. You're not going to be banging in practice. It's going to be majority walkthroughs so your body can recover. And when you get out there for Thursday, you could be fresh. Now, it sucks if you get in – if you played Sunday and you got some, you know, some bumps and bruises here and there, and then now you got to try to figure out how to bounce your body back and get back Thursday, you know, what I mean, on a, on a quick turnaround because I mean those little those little aches and pains ain't gonna go away if you came out of the game a little banged up. Yeah. So you really got to take care of your body. That's that's what sucks about the about the Thursday night if you you get banged up that Sunday before. 
the Thursday night game, that's when it gets tough on you. But then again, you know, I just got to suck it up for four quarters, maybe even five if we go into overtime, and then I get me a good 10-day rest to do absolutely nothing. So, you know, you could go out there and sell out for your team and and knowing that you got after this game, you got a nice little break coming up. Well, I hope Rodney Hudson is back, and I hope Trent Brown isn't really injured. So we shall see because, yes, the Raiders did get banged up on Sunday, and it's a short week, so that's not very good news, but it's okay. Now, both teams coming off big wins. They're both extremely confident heading into this matchup. For the Raiders, huge opportunity ahead, you know, with the Chargers, Bengals, and Jets up next on the schedule. Can the Raiders get to 7-4? and four? We shall see. Oh, Chargers, Bengals, and Jets. Man, if they could get this one done. I know. And then not read their press clippings, man. They could beat the Bengals and the Jets. Oh, my goodness. They could be 7-4 and four yeah. getting playoff ready. Come on, Raider Nation. Let's see. It's funny, though, because this uh, Chargers game – Looks a little more challenging than it did a couple weeks ago, but uh, it's okay. Uh, I think the Raiders can get the job done. Thank goodness it's at the Coliseum. Uh, So we shall see what happens. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Keeping It 300. I hope you enjoyed the show. As always, if you haven't done so already, please rate us and write a review. We would really appreciate it. Till next time, for James, I'm Fallon. We out. Peace.